0: Welcome to a bonus weekend episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. I've told you plenty of times that this year, one of the big narratives, one of the big stories will be 5G. But what exactly is 5G? Why do so many people think it's going to be so important? And when will it actually enter our lives? Well, I spoke to Peter Linder, the head of 5G marketing and evangelism at Ericsson, Here are all of the answers to your questions about 5G to prepare us for the Mobile World Congress, which is coming up later this month and where all of this 5G stuff is probably finally going to begin to happen. But first... When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. ZocDoc. ZocDoc.com slash techmeme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash techmeme. ZocDoc.com slash techmeme. Okay, Ericsson's Peter Linder tells us everything you wanted to know about 5G, but were afraid to ask. So I've been talking... um last couple months about how one of the biggest stories this year for tech will be 5g finally coming into our lives and we've been talking about how the rollout will probably begin in earnest at mobile world congress uh later this month can you uh give us just a a little bit of a maybe a, a preview what what should we expect from uh mwc are we are we gonna finally get a look at the first 5g phones i guess
1: Yeah, I think we can expect that. I think uh, what you can describe where we are right now with the market on 5G, is a little bit like uh, the first semester when we went to college. So everybody's in, everybody's exciting, and uh, we sort of started to figure out what the first first steps are. Uh, We saw some of the networks go uh, live late last year, and I think this year is very much about building the networks and uh, connecting them to exciting devices. So that's where I think a lot of the conversations will be in Barcelona. So
0: let, let me, um, let me, let, let's do a little bit of a history lesson. <laughs> um, we had 2G, we had 3G, and then 4G. So tell me what the steps were, you know, like 2G was all the way back in just voice and, and even SMS and stuff. So give me a history lesson of how we've evolved to where we are now and then where 5G is taking us. So I
1: think that you, you've written a book about how the internet happened. This is very much about <laughs> how the mobili- mobility happened. So uh, 1G was very much when the phone was in the trunk and was very much uh, voice uh, focused. And the cif- systems we had in different parts of the world was very different, almost country by country. Uh, and it was predominantly business people that were using it, connecting to the rest of us. Then as we moved into 2G, 2G I would say the big things was the phone got into your pocket. It started to become affordable for everybody so it's not only business people and uh, text came around text or sms Uh, then when we moved to 3g i think we had a lot of expectations when 3g started we talked about uh, the mobile internet even though there was very teeny tiny screens on the phones and we talked about video telephony it didn't really come across come out that way so it became a lot of like feature phones and all kinds of new capabilities built in and we started to use data Uh, And we start to also use data cards. So uh, I think it was a little bit, that came quite far down the road and we started to see smartphones being introduced. And then the big thing with 4G has been very like, very much down the same avenue. Uh, Smartphones at one end, data connectivity and buckets are unlimited in the middle and then uh, cloud-based application centers at the other end. And we've now got to the point where essentially have penetrated a significant portion of the population.
0: So then um, how is 5G different? I mean, we all have been, I think we all know that we're going to get faster speeds. But um, what even technically is different about 5G from 4G? There's
1: a few things that um, I think what's different if you look at the drivers is very much that with uh, 5G, we having not only consumers, we have consumers, businesses or cities in the driving seat for what we're gonna use it for. So it's it's not only a consumer-driven play. Uh, Regarding what's different in the network, you can break down the differences in a few uh, key components. Today you have a tower out there, radio tower, uh, which is like very high masts, which providing this cellular connectivity for 4G. 5G, part of that functionality moves closer to the users in terms of smaller cells into sitting poles in the neighborhood And parts of the radio functionality is moving up in the network. It's typically the baseband functionality where we're aggregating things together. And that kind of separation then creates a new segment of transport between those two locations, which we talk about as front wall. So that's very much what's going on at the radio end. Then at the core end, what is sitting at the other end, which is connecting out to the internet, that has been centralized to typically fairly few locations in a country like the United States. As we now talk about five g we talk about lower latency and we talk about mobile edge computing or distributed clouds, so this functionality will partly be distributed closer and closer to the users to drive for the performance targets that we have and to be, and to be and clear, in between clear,
0: when yeah. you say when you say lower latency, you're saying that my phone i should I should no longer have any lag if i if I want something from my phone, it should almost be instantaneous like I'm using a, a local computing device
1: yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that's correct. So the, it's it's being pushed out closer, uh, so that the, the lag is going is going away. Uh, and for some applications which are lag critical, th- this will be enabler for it to happen. But you can also see it uh, as opening up for new things. Today, everything is on the device, computing, as well as um, power and uh, and storage. Part of that can move now into the distributed cloud. Because assuming that you have a low latency connection to it, so the devices can become leaner, get longer battery life, and um, and, and changes a little bit on that par- paradigm. And that I think is the more strategic implication of the um, the low latency networks.
0: And is is 5G more expensive or even technically more difficult to roll out than than 4G or even 3G was?
1: I think it's going to be rolled out. I think I think it's not so much more expensive. Typically, each of these generation had been associated with the larger investment cycle in the beginning for coverage, and then we have been reaping the benefits of it with capabilities for faster faster speed with software down the road. What I think is different this time around is all previous generation has been built as an overlay network, meaning that when you had 2G, you'd built a whole new 3G network on top of it with different types of nodes and functionality. Same happened with 4G. Now we get to five G. It's going to be more integrated and tied together.
0: So it's no longer so, uh, build, building on the 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 blocks of the past. Like this is this is a a full move into the future.
1: Well, you you well, I would say you're leveraging more of the things in the past. When you mm. when we had three G, and when you introduced four G, all elements had new names, and you essentially built a four G network without any connection to the three G network on top of it. As we move to five G. The paradox here is like when we move to 5G, it's both an evolution and a revolution at the same time. It's a revolution in the sense that the capabilities go up significantly. It's an evolution in the steps that we are introducing 5G as evolution steps for the different domains that the networks are uh, consisting of.
0: All right, let's get to the good stuff. Um, Wow me with some of the, the amazing things we can expect from a 5G future. Let's start with uh the the consumer side um you know like if what what am i looking forward to 5 years from now when when 5g hopefully is is ubiquitous where i live
1: i think that you uh, the things that you you um, you live i think you can you can experience a, a, a few things it's easy to talk about what it does in terms of speed and so what i think it's easy to see where will it be different than where it is today i think if you go to a sports venue that uh, 5g will be different in the sense that you you will have more capacity upstream, so you can live stream even when there's a lot of people. Uh, you can also, when you're at home, you can uh, stream video at higher quality to your devices because there's more capacity in the 5G network than we had with 4G. And I think we're going to see a more streaming gaming over 5G networks that hasn't really been a significant factor. And Actually, uh, sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I,
0: I've been talking about that on the show a lot recently about everyone in the gaming industry wanting to move to streaming gaming. So is that is that because we potentially have greater bandwidth and you're talking about the lower latency and things like that, than even I could get in my wired existing um, Internet service providing uh, paradigm?
1: I think that it, you will not necessarily get lower, but I think it's getting close enough. So it's starting to become a, a difference. So if you go back 20 years when, when gamers were having ISDN, even though DSL uh, was available, after a while, DSL got uh, got so close, so it was worthwhile of moving, moving out of it. And I think what we're seeing now with 5G, the potential is there to drive uh, 5G to a technology that behaves like a wire, even though it's wireless.
0: Okay, I interrupted you. C- continue telling me about the amazing things we can look forward to.
1: Yeah, so I think that the, these things, uh, we were into gaming, so I think we covered some some of the aspects there. We uh, The other thing I think will be, with the low latency thing, I think we will... The lower latency open up for, for new applications where, where things are talking to each other with um, without, uh, that is hard to realize today. I would imagine that one of the biggest things is when we, when our cars are driving and support, mm. making sure that um, cars don't co- collide with each other. It's perhaps the cheapest way to build uh, traffic capacity in, in urban areas. The problem in I have in Dallas is not the four lanes on the highway, is like they're down to two when they are wrecks during rush hours. So with with 5G and, and the low latency, cars can start communicating to each other. So actually perhaps preventing these kind of things, not necessarily driving the car for me, but making sure that I take better decisions, helping me in taking better decisions so I don't run into someone.
0: So it's almost um, like the, the internet of things that we've been thinking about in the home, like 5G will allow us to be the internet of like the whole outside, in-real-life world all over.
1: Exactly. I think you're you're onto that and and connecting things. I'd, another thing I think is very like very cool thing about 5G is you, you can start replacing wires. Uh, I saw some statistics for for Super Bowl over the weekend here. There was 4,000 miles of wire. That's <laughs> roughly 90 yards for every spectator in the in the stadium, so, and, and 2,000 close to 2,000 Wi-Fi access points. If we can start reducing those numbers for the amount of fiber we need to put in and uh, reducing the amount of, of of radios, even for high performance, that I think is uh, something that will be very exciting to see.
0: Well, and then so I've been asking you about consumer stuff initially, but we're almost getting into this. It, it there there maybe is even more of a revolution potential uh, on the industrial side or on the non-consumer side.
1: Yeah, I think we we've seen that we. At Ericsson, we started to see the the, the discussions around four years ago when companies started to approach us and say, what's the next big thing after four? What is this five thing going to look like and how can we leverage it? So you're starting to see that there's a big momentum in a number of different industries as they approach and going through their digital transformation. They're interested in seeing, well, how can we leverage future connectivity and is it something that will open up? For new doors beyond what we've seen, so a lot of businesses uh, in a variety of sectors are looking at 5G as something to, to trigger uh, what well, they can do.
0: So we're we're talking about things like in manufacturing environments, in safety, and uh, things like that. Like, what are give me some of the wow factors or potential that that 5G would allow in those areas?
1: Yeah, I think the the wow factors there is, for example, in in a manufacturing sector, it's the the manufacturing plants today is typically we connect the key things with, um, with wires but most of the other things are unconnected. In a, in a wireless manufacturing scenario you can uh, A, you can get, get rid of a lot of wires so that you, your, the, the, your production line becomes more flexible. You can start of connecting other things that you haven't connected before. We are connecting screwdrivers uh, to see that they, you apply the right amount of torque whenever you connect something to a circuit board. Wow. And um, so, and that is important because that that otherwise you you those those screwdrives you send them in for for maintenance repair more frequent than they really need it, and you don't really are able to track if if you're attaching the the board with with the right uh, torque. So there's a number of these different things that um, you, if you go into it, you can find small things here that you haven't really thought about. For example, we've we've been involved in one case where for jet engine turbine blades. When you're milling those ones, takes around 24 hours, and uh, the yield is roughly 75%. So Monday through Wednesday, you you get out the blade. Thursdays is is, is it doesn't come out, and and the cost of that the, the, that scrap cost for something that you've been milling on close for 24 hours is very very high. So if we could go in and those kind of processes and notify exactly when there's even a tiny vibration, take uh, corrective actions immediately. So that's where the one millisecond latency comes in to taking those ultra-fast decisions so a whole, whole big block of uh, material don't need, need to be wasted.
0: Um, one, more, one more thing that I, I've been reading about is um, 5G has been engineered to also be more reliable, right? Like And, and, and to survive, you know, act of God situations and, and for mission-critical infrastructure type things. Is that also something that's built into what 5G can do as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the, some of the cornerstones are availability, reliability, and security. We're trying to keep that on a very high level. So for example, we, we've we done some, some of the pilots in mines where you have self-driving trucks. Then you can have those trucks operated by people sitting in a room, almost like playing video games, and remotely operate. So it's remotely operated right now. Sometime in the future it might be self-driving. But by remotely operating equipment in harsh conditions, uh, th- that requires that is up and running the whole time, and that can fairly easily be be achieved with the a, with a, a network that's covering covering where the mine is and whatever we need to do to make it a little bit more reliable than than in the past.
0: Well, and and also things like doing remote surgeries and things like that that that's part of this as well
1: yeah I think remote surgery has of, often been used as a, as an example to showcase it's perhaps easy for people to understand what the low latency and that if you're a doctor that you're well if you move a hand at one end you should be moving at the other end at the same time otherwise it become become complicated. those uh, showcases uh, perhaps demonstrate what can be done with the technology over time, but as perhaps more classes in your fourth uh, year of the of your your college education rather than than the first and and second semester in the first year.
0: Um, So finally uh, the roadmap, I, you know, as, as we said at the beginning, I believe that we'll be seeing some 5G phones uh, announced later this month and hopefully, you know, we would be able to start purchasing those this year, but in terms of, you know, the ubiquity of what 4G achieved, um, you know, as you said, that it's it's rolling out in a major way this year. Are we five years out from 5G being as ubiquitous as what we expect 4G to be right now? At least in, I'm sorry, at least in North America.
1: No, I think we expect it to go a little bit faster than the 4G uh, happened. When uh, 4G happened, it was 33 months between the first launch of the 4G networks and the first iPhone. Uh, we we see that the, ter- the the windows here for terminals are pulled in quite a bit compared to 4G, and we expect that the uh, the 5G penetration here in North America will exceed 50% by 2024.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, just a couple years. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, no, expected expect it to happen happen quite quick, and and, and the reason for that is uh, very much that the, um, the 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 pace of the market is more rapid right now, and when you when you talked about 4G. Then you can, as an operator or, or device manufacturer, and then you, you could choose a strategy was was a fast follower. Right now, everybody's more uh, trying to move for go for first mover advantages, as you learn so much by being in the market.